0: This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And folks, you know she's going to be here because we said she's going to be here all week. Just uh, enlightening us with her views on Movies by Minute. It's uh, Miss Crystal Beth. Crystal, thank you so much again for joining us today.
1: Oh, of course. I'd rather be nowhere else. This is my favorite spot.
0: Awesome. Is, is, this, is this your podcasting spot in your, in your office where you do everything? Are you sitting in the usual spot?
1: I actually am. I'm sitting in the corner of the couch with my feet tucked in between the cushions. I've got <laughs> one hand at the edge of my mouth that I chew on while I'm waiting for my turn to speak. I'm looking at the carpet that needs to be cleaned. I'm going to be picking some lint off it later with my hand. And uh, maybe watch Jurassic Park while I'm doing it. There you go.
2: As long as you're not picking things up off the floor and then chewing on your hand, like you said. Not in that order, because that
0: would be good.
1: No, I'm not a monster. Thank you. So how is the uh,
0: <laughs> New York weather right now? Is it, does it feel like Christmas outside?
1: I have not even looked outside yet. <laughs> I, what is it outside, John? Is it wet? It's cold? It's just cold and cloudy.
0: Well, that that definitely sounds like New York Christmas weather. So uh, we're glad you are inside warm and joining us for this podcast today. And uh, if you guys are ready, we can go ahead and jump on into minute number 43. Awesome. Let's
1: go. I love it.
2: In the previous minute, we saw the tour group approach the first of the dinosaur paddocks. After driving through, the group didn't have a chance to see any dinosaurs. As the minute ended, the group exited the area. At 43 minutes, as the park opens, the tour group continues to hold on to the hope of seeing a Dilophosaurus. After a few seconds of peering out of the car windows, Grant says, Damn. At 43 minutes and 13 seconds, where Ray is telling Hammond that the tour vehicle's headlights won't turn off, Ray tells Hammond that this is item 151 on today's glitch list. In the background, Muldoon is watching the vehicle progress silently. Ray tells Hammond that they have all the problems of a major theme park and a major zoo, and the computer systems aren't even finished yet. Hammond tells Dennis Nidri that everyone's lives are in their hands, and he has butterfingers. At 43 minutes and 34 seconds, Nidri turns around in his desk chair while laughing. Nidri tells Hammond that the entire park can be run on a minimal staff for three days, that that sort of automation is neither cheap nor easy. Nidri tells Hammond that he is doing this job on a low bid. At 43 minutes and 55 seconds, Hammond tells Nidri that he is sorry for Nidri's financial problems, but they do not affect him. Nidri sarcastically tells Hammond that everything is his problem. And thus ends Minute 43 of Jurassic Park.
0: Okay, so I think we're getting uh, the whole chaos theory theme of the movie tied in here in a way that is kind of not presented in the rest of the movie. So the rest of the movie we have, as we know, when Michael Creighton wrote this book, one of the main things he wanted to do was take this new emerging field of chaos theory and kind of have a way for it to be kind of a pop science audience digestible thing. We have chaos theory represented in the fact that the dinosaurs are going against their genetic modification and they're finding a way to breed, but we're also having the technological chaos going on here. The fact that uh, Ray, uh, portrayed by Samuel L. Jackson here, says that... The headlights on the car are feeding through the batteries, and that's just uh, number one fifty-one on that day's list of problems. He's saying that they have all the major problems of the theme park and a zoo, and they're not even fully operational yet. So, again, we're getting the the chaos kind of on a man-made level here. You know, uh, all these computers are breaking down. We're about to see, and you know, by Dennis's, uh, uh, I guess, manipulation, things get a little bit worse here in a few minutes. So, yeah, um, go ahead. No, 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 I was, I was gonna say
2: too Alright, Kyle, damn it, go. You talk.
0: Okay. <laughs> so I was gonna ask you guys, when you're watching this movie, is that the kind of thing that you ever really think about is the, the chaos theory aspect of all this? Is that something that's in your mind while you're watching it?
2: Perfect. That's exactly what I was about to talk about.
0: Okay. I um
2: yeah, I mean we we get the uh the chaos theory and what what's eventually gonna happen here. Spelt out for us in layman's terms, and then the rest of the movie is giving you the ability to say, like, oh, there it is, there's that thing they were explaining to me, here is it being enacted. And uh, it's it's like crystal, you were saying, um, you hate exposition, and people you know, movies are like spoon feeding you what you're supposed to be yes. picking up on. And this movie does a yes. good job of saying, like, okay, all that stuff, you, you know, it's almost like a lesson plan, like you were supposed to be taking mental notes or whatever earlier, and here it is. You're able to kind of drop that back into it here, and uh, I do think yes, this is I, one of the scenes where it's it's best played out.
1: Yes, and I appreciate it when a movie takes into consideration that their audience might be intelligent. Like mm-hmm. mm-hmm. spoon feeding is just the worst, and nothing turns me off yep. from a movie more than when they explain things to you a lot. And this movie does really well. And I know this isn't Stranger Things minute, but Stranger Things also has a is a really good way of giving you just enough that you can figure it out on your own even though and you're like i figured that out on my own and then you realize that (laughs) that's not exactly true they showed you just enough that you needed to see and then trusted that you could do it on your own and that i think is one of the that's when you could tell something has gone through every rewrite possible to make sure that they're not spoon feeding you just information that you should get on your own and Especially in this minute, like, exactly what you're saying. They do a really good job of it. Just enough where I'm like, yeah, no, I know. This is chaos theory. Theory, Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And, uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, and, you know, what's interesting is, like, so nowadays everything's got to be spelled out for you. But, um, like, like we're saying, but uh, I think Jurassic Park might be the, the cutoff. That, that might be one of the last movies that just let you piece it together. And it's funny because it's, it's a talkative movie, but it's still not spoon-feeding you. Um, like these guys yes. are sitting here talking about whatever, and we're clearly able to say, like, okay, well, here's all the chaos theory stuff at at work here. But it's we're not talking about it directly. And I, you know, I can't think of too many movies that, after Jurassic Park, were we're doing that. We're respecting their audiences. Um, and so this might have been kind of the cutoff. And in the next minute, I'm gonna do some real bitching about this. But um, it's uh, it's just so well done here. And then, of course, you get these two actors. You know with their comedic timing, especially Wayne night, uh, having this little father son rapport thing. In fact, he even calls him dead, but, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's all of, it's just such a, a perfect, uh, perfect storm of all of those things. The, the chaos theory being not spelled out for you, but there for you to pick up on in a funny little rhetoric between these guys. It was so much fun to watch.
0: Um, it's yes. just really well done. Well done. So you cr- Crystal, you are a writer, correct? Yes. As a writer, do you find that a difficult balancing act to give the audience just enough so that they can figure out what's going on and you know, so that you don't insult their intelligence?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, my problem is, is that I don't give enough. Mm. I, constantly, when I'm showing my... Uh, one of my friends is a really good pilot writer. He writes crazy awesome pilots. I always send him my information. And he's like, you need to write for the everyman. <laughs> he's like, yeah. you're writing the way you want something to be done. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. I want it to be done like this. He's like, yes, but you need to keep in mind that some people aren't smart. You have to write so that they think they're smart, which is giving more clues than you would Like, Cause if people know movies and watch movies and are good at watching movies, like I think I'm very good at watching movies. You're going to pick up on stuff faster than people that don't. Cause a lot of people are distracted. For instance, my mom and my sister cannot watch movies. They get bored. They'll start doing things. They'll fall asleep. It's the weirdest. I don't understand it. They're, they're weird. Um, (laughs) But it's hard to find that medium of talking just enough about everything so that the audience understands it, but not over talking it so that they don't think that you're babying them. Right. And this movie does that really well. And I think, Mm -hmm. Not to talk about my podcast, but The Fifth Element also does that really well. They don't describe everything that's going on in the movie. They show you. And you know what else? Alien. Alien, they don't describe to you, for instance, when they're in their spacesuits and the little air is blowing up out of their helmets. They don't describe that. They don't talk about it. It's just what it is in that world. And if you just let things be what they are in that world, generally the audience is going to take that as, oh, okay, so that's what happens here.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think sometimes and, writers and, and, probably more from the studio side, studio notes. Uh, you know, producers getting involved. They're like, oh, you know, are they are the people in the flyover states going to understand what's going on here? Maybe we should spell it out to them. But I think that um, sometimes they underestimate the ability for an audience to project onto something you're watching as well. A lot of this is like. You know, yeah. One of the reasons that we have these Movies by Minute podcasts and we get guests on and talk about it with each other is because we all maybe have a, a different reading of what's going on there too because our minds are trying to fill in gaps. And it's really cool to sit down and be like – I mean fan theories are one thing, but it's just like the reading of the scene. What emotionally is it yeah. is displaying to you is going on on the screen. It's, it's yes. it makes for discussion. Mm-hmm.
2: Since I've been listening to Star Wars Minute and so many other Movies by Minute podcasts since then, it's like having people – give this, you know, I, I'm now able to see it through other perspectives. It doesn't completely wipe away the way I've been seeing it all these years and I read it, but so fascinating. Just or it's so like
1: uh, an Indiana Jones minute. I really? never heard of the uh, theory of Han's dream.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, it's, uh, the whole thing is while Han Solo is in Carbonite, correct? Carbonite. Is that the theory? is, Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that, cool that he's in Carbonite and then Indiana Jones is just – his dream and mm-hmm. indiana jones minute goes so much into han solo's dream they even have a whole section of it on their website that i can't not see that when i watch indiana jones and i think just a couple weeks ago they were talking about how it's funny that if this was a dream han solo is just dream- dreamt about himself being a different type of rogue action yeah. hero. <laughs> but it's they always- had to talk about it being a fever dream so yeah. it's interesting when you start seeing other people's point of views and you're like, oh my gosh, That now I'm watching it from that way. My mind is blown. Or, and I talk about it all the time, The Berenstein versus Berenstain Bears. Oh, guys,
0: don't get me started. (laughs) Oh, it makes me crazy because
1: I remember it a certain way. Other people remember it a different way, and I go back and look at my books, and I remember Berenstain, and everything says Berenstain. So, like, did we cross dimensions? What is life even? So if you want to feel crazy, Google that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah,
0: that, that's yeah. insane. Whenever that was brought to my attention, it was like, everything is a lie. I'm living inside the matrix. Like, would somebody rewrite yeah. the code and changed everything? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It sucks. <laughs> it's kind of like finding out that dinosaurs are feathered and they're not like <laughs> that alligator paddling it out. they
0: like, are yeah. a bunch of
1: birds.
2: Damn it, you're all wrong. <laughs> tomato tomato you're wrong i'm right boom in a story so that's yeah
1: opinions are great because you get everyone's opinion it helps you see things in a different way if you're open-minded and willing to accept what other people think just be a good person yeah, and you yeah. can like movies more is what we're saying See, <laughs> yeah. so, folks you're
0: finding out about life today by listening to this podcast. are finding out about life yeah uh speaking um, of this
2: movie jurassic park though <laughs> there, I think it's so funny that Nidri's uh, monitor has a game of chess, like openly out, like he's been screwing off at work. Yeah, and he's not even. High. And uh, I also think it's funny, on his other monitor, playing down in little QuickTime format, is Jaws. I don't know if you've ever caught that, but it's like, you can see a uh, yes. part of Jaws playing. Well, the cam, you know, our camera kind of pans past his monitor.
0: Yeah, you're right. Okay, so on the third monitor on the left, yeah, uh, he does have a little QuickTime uh, thing open, and it looks like uh, it's uh, Brody throwing the chum out to the shark. I never noticed that before, Brady. That's great. Yeah, and normally wow. that kind of,
2: stuff, that kind of stuff pisses me off in movies when it's like, yeah, hey, look at me. Yeah. But in, in right here, it's like so subtle, it's just
0: whatever. Yeah, that's really, that's really that's yeah. funny. So this, this is what a computer hacker was to people in the 1990s, which is hilarious mm-hmm. to think about. Like, this is one of the movies where like... It, People were just about to get the internet into their houses, or you know, maybe like you know, your rich friend had like CompuServe or America Online or something like that, you know, or uh, you know, was able to get on Billboard services or something. But this is what a hacker was. It was a loser, uh, you know, with no friends, a
1: messy workstation.
0: Yeah, yeah, oh. It just lived to cause like you know chaos and stuff like that, as opposed to which what, is you
1: know, not we're... true because generally people that are really into their computers and stuff keep the space around them very clean because they don't want anything to get in it because it'll ruin their life.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So if one of these jolt colas he has here falls over to the side, you know, like uh, Jurassic Park's offline, he's lost his job, but more importantly, he's lost all the work that he's, <laughs> were in, yeah. and, and he's done here, yeah. uh, you know, d- decoding all the lines of code or whatever, you know, technobalism. I think this guy, out he's out.
2: probably thinking about his ego so often that he doesn't even think about that. Yeah. So like
0: jolt colas going to get in his keyboard. I've never really noticed it before, but does he have a picture of a donut uh, on to take like, yeah. to his computer? Is that and then, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's a heart around it if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> He's there. <laughs> we'll see you later. You know, we love, talked... Um, go ahead. No, the the, the the set dresser here did a great job. Kind of like, well, we oh, know yes. this guy loves food. Let's give him Joe Cola and, you know, a heart around a donut because that's what's important to him.
2: Yeah. One of my favorite moments later is... Because uh, there's a lot of, you know, jokes and funny moments, quite the last in this movie. And when uh, Samuel L. Jackson, just how he has to put up with Nidri and their rapport, I think, is hysterical. <laughs> yeah. It's it, because it, there was workstation he's like look at that's what a complete slop and then uh brushes off the, all of his stuff just off onto the floor
0: yeah that's the difference but, between um, like a software engineer and like a computer hacker i think of those two different like worlds within it you know that mm-hmm. somebody is just you know maybe yes. gifted with running code and stuff like that but you know how that goes up against someone who maybe had to study all their life and you know go to college and get a master's degree this in order to do stuff so yeah.
2: there's yeah. another little touch going on through all this um I've, I always notice things like all the uh, guys putting up the drywall or the dude in the rotunda yeah. who's like sweeping and all these little subtle things that keep you informed that, hey, this is brand new. It's not even open yet. And in this control room, you've got cords hanging out of the ceiling. You've got mm-hmm. this like, there's a couple other little uh, examples of it, but just more subtle t-
1: touches of yeah.
0: uh, great set uh, We like get to
1: see about. the blinky red lights up close and personal. They are literally blinky doing red nothing. Lights.
0: We do, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, if, if you're able to look at that and read off some sort of computer data, then, like, more power to you. But to me, it just looks like a bunch of, like, blinking lights. So, yeah. 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 And I love he another also has. Another cool some... touch. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Kyle. The little powdered donuts are just sitting out in the open. It drives me crazy that he's just going to warm up and eat them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> to no, another cool touch is the, um, you, you see throughout here, it's not just the workmen who are, you know, putting up, like I said, drywall and things like that, uh, but it's the other Jurassic Park staff who are all walking around in their pink-collared, like, polo shirts. And you see them yeah. pulling them off the elevator. And then here they are in the control room, just kind of walking back and forth. Uh, neat little touch, just to let you know, this is a bigger operation than we're seeing amongst these of yeah. these few characters. We've been talking about these, like, different clocks that are ticking throughout the movie. The storm, you get, you got Nidgeri's little plan and things like that. Uh, yeah. He says here in a minute, you know, you could run this whole park for up to three days, like with no staff, for up to three days, which is just him telling you, like we're about to be completely cut off. There's already gonna right. be yeah. these handful yes. of people, these handful of people who are gonna be able to uh, fix this whole situation, because we're all stuck on this one island. And I, I just I like that the fact that it really it really puts a limit on this movie and on yes. this situation. These these people are screwed after three days if
0: no one comes to get them. And it doesn't feel forced. It feels like a natural part of the whole yeah. thing. He's bringing this up right here because it's part of the conversations he's having with John Hammond right here. It's not like an apropos of nothing. Two people are talking about, you know, my favorite dinosaur is a Rex. Well, I like the Complimimus. And he's like, hey, guys, by the way, you can run this whole thing for <laughs> just, just in case it needs to come up at any other point in the movie, uh, three people. It's like, okay, well, thank you, Dennis. Anyway. Uh, if, the <laughs> yeah. if a T-Rex fought yeah, a dolphin so. the source, yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it comes in naturally, <laughs> it's, uh, it's not playing down to the audience, uh, it's not treating them like children, uh, it's just part of what's going on, but it's one of those little things, it's put in there something to naturally move the plot along, but you don't realize it's even happening, so... Um, But, yeah, one thing I did notice is that it looks like some of these monitors have uh, Silicon Graphics logos on them, but they're clearly run on uh, Apple machines. So I don't know if maybe one of these computers is hooked up to something else running in the background. But, uh, yeah, this is – and at the time, too, this is like when uh, Apple computers were – Um, not really uh, at the level that they are that we all think of like right now. You know, this is like, I think before Steve Jobs had come back to the company and it was a very, very, very niche thing to be able to work on an Apple. But uh, yeah.
1: Did you guys ever see blank check?
0: Uh, I'm aware of what you're talking about, but no. (laughs)
1: Where he gets a a blank check because the guy runs over his bike and is like, whatever, just write a check. But it turns out he's a part of a uh, underground I saw when I was younger, so I didn't understand the or run thing. But he wrote in the check $1 million. And uh, he goes through an old Macintosh computer to sound like an adult. And whenever I see old computers like this or think about old uh, Macintosh products, all I think of is uh, uh, $1 billion. Ha, ha. And like, it's like that. But it's just such a old thing. And it's... Yeah really but, fun but,
0: uh, th- this was like back in the day when computers were magic you know like you could do anything with them as far as we know it's like tron on the inside and all the computer programs are little people interacting with each other but you could do magical things yeah. like have voice modulation to sound like an adult you know or be able to run an entire park off of computers here which you could fit all three of the computers on Nidri's desks here into maybe a third of what's on our phones yeah. our pockets right now, you know, yes. but, but as far as like the story needed to go, these computers could do anything, you know, it's a, uh, you could like, press a button and it would say like hacking 5% complete, 10% complete, you know, and audiences yeah. would back then. So, and there, there's a part of me that really misses that innocence that we had with technology back yeah, then too, you know, that you could like download a jolt cola or something like that. <laughs> so, so, but, um, oh, well, freeze uh, and enhance. Yeah, zoom in enhance. Yeah, you don't see that
2: in movies. Anymore. I think they did it in, like, one of the last Fast and the Furious movies or something. It was hilarious. Freeze, zoom in, well, enhance.
0: If you want uh, yeah, magic, right. magic computers, uh, all you need to do is look at, like, NCIS on CBS because they can do anything with computers there. It's uh, I think there's, like, one famous scene where someone was hacking a computer and in order to do it faster, a second person jumped on the same keyboard so they could hack faster on a computer. <laughs>
1: like, wow. <laughs> I like when you zoom up onto hackers' fingers. They're just like gently, yeah. barely touching the keys and like just moving their hands like they're in a cartoon.
0: But the foley uh, are you know sound effects sound like someone's just like sitting there like banging their fists on a computer uh, keyboard really fast. So. Um, that's all I've got for this minute. Do you guys have anything else for minute number forty-three? That is it for me. Savior. All right, great. Well, hey, folks, we're going to go ahead and wrap things up and be back here for tomorrow for, our, unfortunately, our last day right now with Crystal Beth, but you will be able to hear her on the Goonies Minute podcast coming up very soon and bef- uh, very soon uh, her own podcast, The Fifth Element. Uh, Crystal, if people want to find out more about you or The Fifth Element, uh, where can they do that online?
1: You can follow me on Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle is Beth. Our website for the fifth element is thefifthelement.com. It's not going to be up and running, I think, for another week, but it exists. Uh, also, Twitter for Fifth Element it as well. And then, if you wanted to listen to Unlimited Lives, it's Unlimited Lives Radio on SoundCloud and iTunes. And uh, yeah, listen to all the minute podcasts because they're all amazing. I, they're right. so much fun. It's all I do with my life now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, we love all the work that you do. We love following you. And uh, we really look forward to Fifth Element. That's that's uh, Fifth Element. It, that is going to be a great show. So, All right, folks. Well, for Brady, for Crystal, and myself, until tomorrow, hold on to your butts.
2: Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com. And visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Pele Check us out on Facebook at Facebook.com slash and follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash